are. It is early in the morning. I mean, not super early in the morning, but way earlier than we normally do this. This, so this is should early be for us, like, for real, for real. For real. This may be the earliest we've ever recorded. It probably ever will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Let's uh, see how funny we are at <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I got really got to amp it up. It's like a motor. You got to get it running and then you got to get it warmed up. And then it really takes off around like 3.30. And then it just gets really silly at around like 8.30, 9 o'clock. Same. But we'll see. Okay. What have you watched? I had all last weekend to watch crap. So I watched a bunch. I finished out the last half of the season of Ozark that just dropped last weekend. It's really good, but it's just really, it's so dark and depressing, but it ended the way I think it should have ended. So that was good. I started watching the first three episodes are out are under the banner of heaven on Hulu with Andrew Garfield. It's the whole Mormon Latter-day Saint thing about a murder. And it is really good. Like I am like kind of obsessed with it. Is it based on a true story at all? It is. It is. It's on the murder of Brenda Lafferty and her 15 month old daughter, Erica. I mean, it's not a spoiler because it's, I mean, true crime, you could go look it up. She was murdered by her husband's brothers. They beat her to death and strangled her with a vacuum cleaner cord. And then they um, slit her 15-month-old daughter's throat. Because she was more progressive, less conservative than they wanted. Um, His brothers decided to go back to the old teachings of the LDS church and, like, because LDS thing, they're not allowed to have beards. They're not allowed to like drink, smoke. They're not. They're not allowed to do any of that. But they back in Joseph Smith time, they could. So they went and they like became these big bearded weirdos and like didn't believe in the state and like wouldn't pay their taxes and like all this crazy stuff. And they became real radicals, I guess. And they didn't like what she represented because she was a good LDS woman, but she didn't believe. And some of the teachers like women should be so subservient to their husbands and stuff. So mm-hmm. they thought she was a. Like, she was going to ruin their family, so they killed her. And her whore offspring, is what they said, so. Nice. They're gross. Anyways, mm. spoiler alert, but, you know, you're going to see all that on the show, and it's a it's history, so go look it up. Also, the kids and I finished Moon Knight on Disney+, Plus, which is a Marvel deal, which, it was very different from, like, I don't know, normal Marvel stuff, but we really liked it. Oscar Isaac is amazing in everything he does. And then a couple things came back that I'm really happy for. Made for Love on HBO Max. That one's really good. Second season. And then, oh, I was so excited. It just came up out of nowhere. Didn't even know it was coming. Two more episodes of that docuseries, The Way Down, came back. And they finished that out. And, oh, it's so good. That one, I do not know why you haven't watched it yet. Because you would love every minute of that craziness. I know. I should watch it. Like the first, like, okay, because I think they did four episodes back in... It was either 2020 or 2021. Then it kind of just ended on like, I'm like, okay, wait, that can't be the end. It's got to come back sometime. And it did. In the first episode, I did like shocked sobs for like 20 minutes because I was like, oh my God, I can't, and yeah, it's crazy. Well, I'm thinking TCO is going to cover it eventually. I should probably watch it first. They will, will, probably will. I don't know why they haven't. I mean, it's going to be a Patreon if they do because it's so many episodes, but... Probably, yeah. I think it's six total, so they're not terrible. I'm a Patreon member. I know. Okay. Is that all you have? Yeah, that's all I got right now. Okay. 
Well, I watched a couple of things. Speaking of TCO, I watched the Tinder Swindler. That is really hard to say. And that was pretty good. The guy, Simon, is suing Netflix, which I find hilarious. (laughs) And then I watched this thing on Netflix called Perfect Bid the contestant who knew too much yeah yeah it's oh i love it's about the price is right and i love the price is right i used to watch it all the time and with bob barker don't forget to spay and neuter your animals love you bob barker and it was about this guy who studied the prices of all of the stuff and he had like a spreadsheet he even made himself like a simulation game so he could practice getting the questions right he went to dozens of tapings and helped this guy kind of sort of help this guy get a perfect bid on the showcase showdown which has never happened before and according to drew carey will never happen again and kind of how that came to be it was pretty good it solidified my belief that literally anyone can get a documentary made about them anyway (laughs) but that's it that's it all right so thanks for listening and we will be back next week with what we've watched because i don't want to talk about this show because it's annoying it's not, it is, I was going to say, it's not the show, it's just Andy, but no, they're all miserable people. Like, they're all, yeah. I don't understand. Everybody raved about this book, and I was like, these are the dumbest people. They do the dumbest things. <laughs> well, I, that's what I was going to say before we started, is that this is so off book that me having read the book means absolutely nothing. I mean, there are a few things that I understand probably better because I have, not better, but just, like, know what that is about. But the rest of it, I think the thing with the book is that it focused a lot on Laura's younger life. Mm-hmm. And a little bit on, you know, how Andy is dealing with the present day situation. But it was a lot about Laura's younger life. And I feel like we're not going to get much of that at all. It's going to be, what was Laura doing in the present? They don't ever really talk about what Laura's doing at the time in the book and so I think now the show is giving you that perspective of instead of doing all this backstory with Laura which I I assume you're going to get a little bit of it's more of what was Laura doing at the time when the book is focusing a lot on Andy and unfortunately the show also focuses a lot on Andy too and they're they're not watchable like their stories aren't interesting I was like she should have just been strangled in her house (laughs) because I'm done They're both miserable people. Yeah. So anyway, if you haven't guessed what we're talking about and you can't read the title of the episode that you're listening to, this is Pieces of Her, Episode 3. And Tiffany, I'm going to let you start this train (sighs) a-rolling. Right down to Shittyville. Okay. Mm. So we're back at this environmental summit thing, which is taking place in the 70s or 80s, judging by clothing and hairstyles. We're never quite clear. I don't know. There's like little flashes of things. There's this older woman who's um, clutching her purse nervously as a makeup person touches her up. And I'm pretty sure it's the lady from Speed that clutches her purse nervously. Then then got run over by the bus. I think it's that actress who who was like Dwight Schrute's babysitter in the office. I can't think of her name, but she's fabulous. Anyways, I think it's her. (laughs) 
Um, and while that, she's doing that, a shady looking man with an earring is sitting in the crowd and he's eyeing a young Laura who's also sitting in the crowd, like for a little further away. And then the man on stage that got shot is talking and the older woman from the purse thing stands up and says loudly, I blame you. And I was like, for what? What's happening? We don't know. Cut to modern day Laura preparing for her Today Show interview. She's once again sporting a super cute neckerchief. Not. And the interviewer is saying to her, he wants to talk about her work with veterans and if she learned that knife trick from them. And I was like, yeah, that comes up a lot in language pathology. If totally. we play like, do knife tricks. SLP, totally. Yep. Knife tricks and swallowing disorders. That's what it. the frick? Laura's like, uh-huh. He's like, why did you, you know, try to do, choose to do this interview now after this whole day that you've had to think about it? She says, if it, by doing this interview and she could just reach one person and stop them from hurting someone, then it will be worth it. And I was like, okay, you're not even on TV yet. Calm the fuck down. And the interview tells her he's desperate to get her and Andy on CNN Heroes. And I was like, Andy didn't do shit. She's not nope. a hero. But she says, oh, she's out of town, you know, resting because she's so tired from being annoying. <laughs> so cut to Andy pacing in the hotel room. And in my notes, I say, why the fuck hasn't she left yet? That's exactly what my notes say. I was like, oh, my God, she's still here. Why? <laughs> she's so stupid. So she's like looking out the window at the bar and she sees the parking lot is empty because the night guy's not going to be sitting in his car just staring at her. <laughs> is he like the world's worst hitman? Because that's not what happens. So she, like, grabs her bag and her suitcase of cash and heads to the door. As she's walking out by her car, the front desk lady is walking by with, like, a thing of laundry. And Andy asks her, is there a shortcut to town? And the lady's like, there's only one road in and one road out. And she's like, okay, but what if I walk? And the lady's like, it's a really long way, you dumbass. And she's like, you guess you could, you could if you wanted to. And then we see Shady Jack from the bar is peeking out a window of the hotel. So he got a broom. He's not stupid and probably parked somewhere else. And he's watching her as she starts walking into the woods alone, carrying sacks of money, because this is the smart thing to do when you're being followed. And then she has the best luck of anyone I've ever known. She just happened upon the storage (laughs) unit place, and she just happens upon a shitty car dealership and starts looking at a car for $5,800. And car salesman comes out, he's like, yeah, I can get you into that today. And she's like, yeah, can I use your bathroom? And goes in there and starts peeling money out of this suitcase because apparently it's hers now. Finders keepers. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> oh, I hate her so much. Oh, my God. Okay, so cut to, and in my notes, it says that her statement for the Toady show. Just so oh, you know. You know, the Toady yeah. show. The Toady show. I think they should call it the Toady show. That's cuter. Anyway, she's giving her statement. But we're not at her house with her while she's giving the statement. We are watching some guy watch the statement that she's giving on the TV in his hotel room, question mark? I had I, I had question mark. Is this the guy from Andy's dad picture? I, I don't know exactly who this either. is. I was like, is this an aged up dad? Because I was unclear because I don't remember him that well. So anyways. I think I know who it's going to be. But let me tell you. In the book, this would not be happening. Anyway, he obviously knows her, and he also obviously hates her, because if looks could kill. Whoa. She's saying how she knows people are angry, but they need to find a truce, be an army for change. And as she says that, she looks directly into the camera like she's talking to this man. The guy stands up from the bed like that's his code word to turn full Manchurian candidate. He's like, you know, oh, army for change. He turns off the TV, grabs the bag, and leaves this room. 
back at the used car dealership, Andy has come out of the shitter with her stack of cash and she plops it on the desk and he's like, what's a little girl like you doing lugging around a suitcase with no car? And she's about, how about you mind your fucking business and sell me the damn car? Do you need to know all of your buyer's life stories or just the pretty young blonde ones, you creepy man? Anyway, he tries to BS her about, oh, you know what? Actually, we just put new tires on that car, so now it's more. And as they're having this conversation, a black truck drives by that window they're sitting at, and she freaks out. He's like, are you in trouble? Do you need a friend? Can I be your friend? So she counts out the rest of the money real quick that she has stashed in her purse. And she's like, okay, let's do this quickly chop chop so the guy leaves to get the paperwork and andy grabs the phone on the desk and calls charlie at work i was like are you telling me that she has this random man's work number memorized i don't barely even know my kid's cell phone number i don't know if i don't i have no idea what they are that doesn't make any sense back at the motel hotel holiday and jack is pulling the okay Actually, I'm not exactly sure what he's doing right now. He's removing a tracking device. Okay. I couldn't decide if he was putting it on there now or if he was taking it off because now he has determined that this is useless because she's ditched the car. So I guess it would be that one. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. Okay. That's what happens. And scene. And scene. It's early. Laura is cleaning up after the interview because these damn Today Show people just ruined her house and taking off her scarf like, whoop. Oh, thank you. And yeah. she takes off her scarf and like there's not even a mark. And I was like, what are you freaking out about? So she walks out in her backyard because she sees a guy just standing out there and she's like, no more interviews, please. I've already talked to Matt Lauer. I'm good. He says, I'm not a reporter and my employer is really happy to see you're alive and well. And she's like, oh. How's everyone back in San Francisco? And I was like, oh, so the guy from San Francisco, we knew that was coming. And this random dude in her backyard says, hey, you're really telegenic and comfortable on camera. But then again, you grew up in front of an audience, right? Why talk to the press? And she's like, um, they were camped outside my house. I told them to move and they didn't. (laughs) And he says, well, I thought you didn't want attention. And he says, I think we can help each other. I can offer safety and support. I mean, you could have some time away out of the country until things settle down. And she just says, do you know where he is? Has he reached out to you? Then you can't help me. If you come anywhere near me again, I will go to the cops. I will tell them everything I know. And the guy just like very calmly says, I saw your daughter in the news. We can take care of her too. And I was like, ooh, ominous. Mm -hmm. And he's like, think about it. You know how to reach us. And Laura just like starts to cry. (laughs) And here comes Andy just tooling up to Charlie's house, driving, doo, doo, doo. and I was like, and Michael goes, I have, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? <sighs> okay. So, this is the this scene right here, like, made my brain hurt, because it's so fucking stupid. Laura is very busy making a very fancy drink. Like, very fancy. She's muddling stuff and adding rye from, like, a hundred-year-old bottle. And she's got this super long, like, root beer <laughs> float spoon. And she's twirling it in the glass. And she's got, seriously, like, an inch of drink. And I was like, who thought this was a good idea? Like, you know what we should do? You need to have a bit of business right here for this scene. So... We're going to get you all these props to make this super complicated drink because you have no worries in the world. So you should just be making this fancy drink. While she's making this drink, in the background, the TV is on. 
And there's a guy talking. He's being interviewed. And the interviewer is saying, like, are you going to run for vice president? Seems like, you know, you've got a shot. And he has so much white makeup on that he looks like a ghost. His head was, like, levitating off his body. And I don't know if that was purposeful. I don't know what's happening there. But anyways, interview asked him about, with your family's history, you know, do you think a run for the vice president would be a good idea? And he says, um, my father's murder was a divining moment for me. And the lore immediately flashes back on the man being shot at the summit. And I was like, okay, that's his dad. Got it. So then the reporter starts talking to him again about, how the murder is unsolved, and if he thinks the army of the changing world is still a threat. And I was like, army for change. Army Mm. of the changing world. Got it. And the guy says, well, this happened 30 years ago, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so right before Andy was born. Okay, got the timeline now. Did you catch his lower third? No, I didn't. Okay, it says he's the CEO of Queller something or other. I didn't catch that part. And his name is Jasper Queller. Okay, Queller comes back later, so that's good. Yes. Okay, Okay, thank you for catching that. Uh So Laura starts unwrapping her knife wound hand, and she just, like, slowly unwrapping it, and then she just holds it out, and she just stares at it for an uncomfortably long time. And then she flashes back to screwing Shady Earring Guy, and I was like, knife wound, earring guy, knife wound earring guy okay and then a phone starts to ring and she starts running to her desk drawer phone she's, you know the phone she's got hidden in her desk drawer to answer it and she sighs because who else would call her on this freaking number like no one and so she's like hello and it's, my subtitles say that it, a guy named nick says hello jane and i was like oh so her name is jane for real or anywho this is the guy who's been trying she's was worried about but she was too busy making cocktails <laughs> to worry about yeah. it too much. All right. So okay, this scene is equally as stupid. This is like so, this is this is stupid character. Like this this woman is uh-huh. a, is so stupid. The other one was just pointless. Like this is a <laughs> this is a new version of stupid. They needed a scene filler. They oh needed her to be doing something, you know. She needed a bit of business while the TV yeah. was on. Mm-hmm. Yep. So dumb. So back over at Charlie's. Andy is telling him, they're sitting on the couch together, Andy is telling him how a man broke into their house, and then last night there was this guy at the bar who was following her, and her mom sent her to a storage unit, and there was all this money in a suitcase, and I'm pretty sure I'm crazy. And she hands him the Polaroid picture of young Laura and asks, did my dad do this? And he says, Jerry? I don't know. She says, you know, she never talks about him. There's one picture of him in the house. And he said, well, you know, she told me she was super devastated when he died. And that's why she moved down south to start over. And then she asks Charlie if he knows Paula Kuntz. And he says, nope, never heard of her. And she is about to drop off this couch from exhaustion. Because I don't think she's slept in, what have we decided now, four or five days? Yeah, a couple days. Who knows? So... Charlie says, you know, Carrollton is such a long drive. Maybe you should get some sleep. And she's like, did I say I was coming from Carrollton? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Totally did. And also said you were going to Maine. You look so tired. You know, you should go to sleep. But first of all, you should probably eat something. I'll make eggs. And he's off to the kitchen. She definitely thinks something is sus. And she asks him as he's in the kitchen working on the eggs, how did you meet my mom? And he says he helped Laura and Gordon out on a loan for their house. 
So he in the kitchen working, 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 and when she's sneaking around his living room, like, and she's, she's like a foot I away mean, from him going through his shit. Was just ready to say that Sorry. he cannot hear. I said he's literally five feet away and he doesn't hear this. She's looking through his drawers and his cabinets in this living room. She sees this one part of a shelf that has a dust pattern. Which hello, is this my house? <laughs> and that's, that's what stuff looks like when you moved around here. You can totally tell that there were two things sitting in these spots. She finds some family photos in the drawer, which were obviously what was sitting on top of this shelf. And it's him and seemingly his wife and kids. And he's still in there with the eggs. And she's like, why did you never get married? And she is freaking out. She's almost in tears. He says, oh, well, I just never found the right person. So she knows he's full of shit. He's been lying to her. She flips out, grabs her stuff, and dips the fuck out of there. He runs out onto the porch like, ah, your eggs are done. And I'm gonna come back. And, but <laughs> she's gone. And I was like, guess you can't go to Maine now, you dummy. No. I thought something was funny. He's like, she says, you helped my mom and Gordon with the loan of the house. And he says, yeah, I painted your room that awful color you wanted. I was like, escrow people paint rooms? And it's like, what kind of service is this? <laughs> I mean, I live in a small town and we would not do that shit. So that's weird. Okay. So uh, Gordon is at work, I guess. And he's just staring at a coffee cup with something floating in it. What is floating in that cup? That's his tea leaves. He's trying to divine what his next move should be. Is that what it is, really? I don't know. There's no, something know. gross floating on the top of this cup. It looked like a dead mouse. I don't know what's happening. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> Is that a thing? You guys let us know no. if that's a thing. Your coffee should not look like that. Don't drink it if it does. <laughs> so it's he's sitting too long. <laughs> he's staring at this cup of coffee and he's thinking about the dead guy that was in his car and how it ruined his leather seats. His secretary comes in and says, Andy's on the phone. And I was like, oh, of course she fucking is, because she's stupid. <laughs> he answers the phone, and she just immediately starts blurting out, Charlie knew where I was going, and did you know he's married? And Gordon's like, what? Where are you? And she just starts blurting everything and telling him, he knew I was going to Carrollton, and he was always going to Maine. And I was like, Gordon didn't know that, but now he does, because you just keep telling <laughs> everybody everything. She's like, tell me the truth. Tell me one true thing. She's like, Charlie came to my birthdays and my graduation. He knows everything about me. And then who is he? And Gordon just says, none of none of that raised any red flags to her. The guy that helped her parents get a loan. Right. Is that her birthday parties? And he and doesn't even live in the same state. No. How did he get okay. a loan and he lives in Alabama and they're in Georgia? These are called red flags, Andy. Okay. Continue. But she's real stupid. We've determined that she's yeah, real true. stupid. So that's Gordon true. says, uh, it's complicated, girl. I don't want to tell you. And he's like, tell me where you are and go to the police station. She's like, I can't. Something bad happened. And he says, well, yeah, I'll fix it. And she says, and there was a man. He's like, I know. He fucking died in my car. It was annoying. I'll talk to you about it when I pick you up. And Andy's like, I have to know. Who's mom afraid of? Is it Paula Kuntz? I was like, she is so obsessed with this random name that she doesn't even know she has the right name. Ugh. And he's like, who? I don't know that name. And she's like, you know a lot of things you never told me. So I guess I got to figure them out myself. And she just hangs up and storms off towards a sign that says, flip out free Wi-Fi, which is a trampoline park. (laughs) Please tell me where she found a payphone. Please. The last payphone I know about is the one at the Best Buy from Cereal. Is that what it's called? Yes. (laughs) That was in the 90s. Yeah. We're we're going back quite a ways before you could find a working payphone. I don't buy that for a second. So Laura is at her house packing her shit. 
when there's a knock at the door. She opens it without a second hesit- a bit of hesitation. Even though there's people in her backyard trying to kill her. Yep. There's news reporters. And she's like, hey! And it's Gordon. And he's like, have you talked to Andy? And she's like, yeah, sure. We're going to the cabin to spend a few days together. We're going to have a girls weekend. And he says, well, she just called me and she went to see Charlie. And Laura's face dropped. She's like, she went to Alabama. He goes, yeah, she needs to come home. She's like, no, she needs to listen to her mother and not you because you tell her what she wants to hear. And this is when Gordon asks, who is Paula? And I was like, everybody get off Paula. Like, that's the least of our freaking problems. (laughs) And she's like, I don't know. Stay out of this, Gordon. And he's like, I won't let anyone hurt our daughter. And I knew, I knew the minute he said that. She's like, my daughter. And Gordon storms off because this is where Andy learned it from is they're all a bunch of good stormer offers. So, yeah. (sighs) Okay. (sighs) Okay. We are at the indoor jump park. Andy's here too. Cool. She walks up to some random lady. Imagine being this random lady for just a second. I have so many things to say. (laughs) Put yourself in this lady's shoes. And she asks this lady, hey, can I use that? Like, could the lady's like got this kid's tablet or something beside her because her kids are playing. She's, you know, having a moment to herself. And this chick walks up and ruins it. Unbelievably, because literally this isn't believable. Because this would absolutely never happen in real life. This lady lets her use this tablet, which is also conveniently connected to some kind of Wi-Fi or maybe it already There's has. There's free Wi-Fi at this trampoline park. It said it on the sign. Oh, oh, I like how they inserted that in there. Very large letters. For like, okay. this is the one thing we should not have to question. That was the only <laughs> thing. But there's free Wi-Fi. So she gets on the Google machine. And she Googles Paula again. But this time she Googles Paula cunt and I laughed. (laughs) Anyway, no results that look like anything useful. So she tries Paula Coons, K-U-N-D-S, murder. Google, ever helpful, says, did you mean Paula Coondy murder? And she's like, yes, I did. Thank you. She finds a news article about Paula Coondy being denied parole. And then she is on the wiki train, you know, just to clicking through every wiki article. She found the first wiki article is about Paula. So she's an American radical, former member of the Army of the Changing World. And this terrorist group was responsible for the 1988 kidnapping of Professor Alex Maplecroft. Kundi was also linked to the assassination of Martin Queller. So there's Queller coming back. The guy at the 1988 International Economic Forum in Oslo. He's a pharmaceutical tycoon, we later find out. She's been incarcerated in Fort Worth since 1989 after being sentenced to 80 years for felony murder. This doesn't really say who she killed. But anyway, then there's this section on the Army of the Changing World. And that says it was formed in the mid-1980s by a guy named Nick, a radical leftist and now fugitive. And then it talks about some people named Grace and Robert Juno and how Robert died after receiving a huge dose of Haldol, which the Queller company produced or something. And then his widow posed as this Alex Maplecroft at the Economic Forum and murdered Terry O'Quinn. Andy, not so casually, is creeping over with her hand and grabs one of this kid's crayons or something and a piece of paper and writes the name of the attorney that's representing Paula and this prison where she's housed. And this woman has had enough. She asks for her shit back and tells her, hey, this place is for family. No Googling about murders, please. Not weird girls with a death wish. Move it along. Yeah. Jeez. Andy's... (laughs) 
Andy's phone is ringing and she answers it and it's Laura. Andy says she's in Alabama somewhere and Laura's like, oh, that's hilarious because I think I told you to drive to Maine. It's not safe for you. There are people looking for me. And Andy's like, oh, you mean like Paula? And Laura says, nope, definitely not her. Andy tells her that she found all the fake IDs and Laura looks shocked like she wasn't the one that sent her there, like knowing (laughs) that she would find all these. How dare you look at my trunk? (laughs) Andy says, yeah, all these IDs with your face and none for me. So we're just going to make your escape and leave me. And Laura's like, "Uh, honey, I don't want to do this on the phone. I'll come pick you up right now. I'll explain everything. And Andy says, no, I'll come home. I'll be there by midnight. I'm leaving right now. You totally don't need to even worry about it. I'm coming. I'm on the way right now. I'm driving. I'm in my car. And Laura totally buys this load of BS and says, oh, thank God. Oh, great. Okay. You call me if you need me. I love you. I'll see you in a few hours. And Andy's just, yeah, hangs up. I was like, why the fuck would you go home? Why? These are the dumbest people ever. And I, and I sent you this because I laughed really hard at my own joke (laughs) when she said, you have all these IDs and you have none for me. Were you just going to leave me? And I was like, bitch, you are 30. Fly free, little (laughs) asshole. God. (sighs) <sighs> so cut to Andy driving through a rainstorm because there rains down here in the south a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. And while she's driving, which obviously it's like hours and hours of driving, Laura is just going to stand in her kitchen until she gets home. She's just going to stand there like, do-do-do, she's going to be here any minute. And so it's getting later and later and she tries to call Andy, but Andy is not answering the phone because she's busy driving to Fort Worth, Texas because mm-hmm. Andy's a moron. So Laura Googles Paula and then starts searching for flights to Fort Worth, too, because she's like, obviously, that's where she's going to go because she's obsessed with Paula. She doesn't even like me anymore. She only likes Paula. Um, and <laughs> Paula, then, Paula, Paula. I know. So then um, we cut this really short thing of Gordon, like, making this phone call, and he says, I'm calling about Laura and Andy. And I was like, who are you calling? Like, who? Who are you calling? Because I don't know. So, like, the next morning, Laura is in her car driving, and this song comes on, and I know the song, but I don't, I don't know the name of it. And she's listening to this song, and she starts thinking back to being younger, and she was dragged out of bed in the middle of the night by her mom, who brings her out to a car and plops her in, and her two older brothers are already waiting in the car. Mom is obviously trying to, like, run away with them, escape dad. And so the kids are asking, where are we going? What's what's happening? And she says, they're going to go to a big lake with waves. And the kids immediately, like, the boys are like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And young Laura's crying because she left her toy monkey. And suddenly there's Terry O'Quinn, young Terry O'Quinn, beating on the car saying, give me my children. You're not, I'm not going to let you take them. So mom turns on the radio and the same song that Laura was listening to is on. And mom turns it up really loud and she starts singing along with it, so, like, to overpower his screams. So, obviously, Terry O'Quinn, guy from the summit that was murdered, is Laura's dad. Mm-hmm. And he's yelling that he will take the children and she will never see them again. You will have nothing. And the mom just says, because uh, he's standing right in front of the car, she's like, I will run you over. I, w- I will. I will run you over. I'm going to run you over. He says, just go ahead and try it. And then the oldest brother who's in the front seat reaches over and unlocks his door. So the dad immediately reaches in and yanks the kids out. And young Laura is screaming for her mother. Cut back to grown Laura. Do-do-do. She's like, oh, that was a traumatic memory. And she goes to turn the corner. And it's, and we see a teeny tiny little sign that says she's going to the airport. When all of a sudden these two big SUVs, one cuts her off and one gets behind her. And they come up to her door and they're like, ma'am. And just opens the door. And she's like, 
<sighs> and gets out. And I was like, this is a service to the airport, man. I, how do you get this kind of service? No kidding. So Andy was not going home. And she pulls into the parking lot of a law firm. So she's going to try to see this lawyer that was representing Paula. Paula, Paula, Paula. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't have any idea. Hey, I think your client knew my mom. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like the, the I'm gonna I'm gonna open with that. And the lawyer's like, then, um, yeah. okay, security, uh, security. Yes. So the Jack guy has followed her, the Jack guy, and he's watching from inside his car. He's parked in a different part of the parking lot. He grabs a screwdriver from a bag on his passenger seat and stuffs it up his sleeve. Andy walks into this giant law firm building and she asks the receptionist, who I kind of love. I think the receptionist is my new favorite character. Yeah, because she's the only one if that he sends. <laughs> yeah. She asks if she can speak to Geraldine Ross, who is the lawyer she's looking for, about her client, Paula Kundi. And she tells this girl that she's making a documentary on sentencing reform and she wants to talk to Paula. And this lady's like, that's cute. But it's really not that simple. You can't just walk in here and ask to see someone. Andy's like, yeah, I know. I I talked to the prison and they said I needed to get on some lists. So, and the lady says, yeah, it's $400 for an initial consult. And Andy's like, oh, cool. Uh, That's fine. I've got the money right here. And the receptionist is like, okay, well... Also, the next available appointment is in three weeks. Like, they should have totally made this character chewing and snapping her gum because that is totally what I want to be doing now, reenacting this. Andy's like, oh, snap. Uh, I can't just come into a large law firm and get an appointment today. That's that's weird. So the phone rings. This lady answers it, obviously, because she's the receptionist. And Andy walks away from the counter and lurks around when these two girls come in. And one of them hands the receptionist an iced coffee and says, this one's Geraldine's. Meanwhile, in the parking lot, Jack is casing Andy's new car. Super casual. I'm sure no one notices this creepy guy creeping around this car. One of the girls inside walks up the stairs from the lobby and Andy follows her. And the receptionist, falling down on her job, does not notice Back out in the parking lot where lots of people are walking around everywhere. Jack takes this screwdriver and he's up under the car and he stabs something and the trunk pops open. I was like, what kind of magic trick is that? I I thought he stabbed the gas tank, but I wasn't sure. So did I. That's what I thought he was doing. But he stabs this thing in there and then the trunk popped open. I was Hmm. like, okay, whatever. So Andy inside is still following this lady right into the bathroom. And while the lady is in the stall, she takes the lid of this coffee that this lady had and just kind of takes it off just a little bit so it looks like it's still on the woman comes out of the stall and they're making casual conversation and andy knocks this coffee into her bag and of course since the top wasn't on it spills everywhere in her bag all over the counter and i was like somehow she's become a criminal mastermind in three days because she's pretending to clean up inside of this girl's purse and she palms the wallet while she's pretending to help back in the parking lot jack has found the suitcase of money in the trunk andy walks out of the building as he slams the trunk closed and hides behind a nearby car while she drives away what is happening yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know i'm troubled by the fact that like this coffee's for geraldine and the receptionist drinks it (laughs) did you see that she took a big long (laughs) sip of it and i was like i didn't even notice that Oh, I like it. I 
like her more. I know, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, is she Geraldine this whole time and just give it Andy shit? Because that would oh, make me shit. laugh. <laughs> that would be awesome. So Laura is in like this, I don't know, fancy house prison area, <laughs> sitting in a word. chair when here comes Charlie and he's like, hey, Jane. She's like, what's up? He says, you've been busy. And I was like, has she? Because she's just been wandering around her house in scarves. So I don't think she's been that busy. So then we cut to Andy in a bathroom. And she's got like a hundred different lipsticks. And I was like, why was that your most important costume choice? And makeup. And she's putting on makeup. And she's got like a black tank up top on. And she's somehow picked up a black wig. And she puts this wig on. And then she's looking at the ID of the girl she stole. And she's like, yep, I look just like her. And I was like, why? Like, what? Where, where are you going? Are you going to go pretend to be her at the office? Like, the secretary's not going to notice that it's you? Or, I mean, they mentioned something about going dancing. I was like, so is she going to the club and she's going to pretend to be this girl while the girl is there? Like, oh, my God. And how is that going to get her any closer to this Geraldine Yeah, because Geraldine like, she goes out clubbing. Clubs? Right. Like she's going clubbing with the uh, interns at work and her law firm. Sure. She's probably trying to figure out who spit her drink. She's like, oh, I guess I got to go to the club. <laughs> so dumb. I was like, Fort Worth must have some really great wig shops because that was a really nice wig. Well, she's got I mean, money was, to burn. Very... Like she that's is just true. using this finder's keeper's money. Like it's her own private ATM. Yep. And that's the end of episode three. Yay. Are you confused as we are? Do you know what the fuck is happening? Can you let us know if you do? Yeah. Because I don't know. I don't even know what's happening, and I'm supposed to know what's happening. I got nothing. They they really went with this story and ran with it the opposite direction. Theories is that Charlie is witness protection or something. Like That's what I think, too. I think he's something that's, that's why think. he would be around. But I was like, witness protection guys, paint your bedroom? Like, that's a service I didn't know they offered. But whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Makes more sense than the escrow guy. Yeah. I, I don't know who that guy in the backyard was either. Like, he said, we can protect her. But I feel like he's not No, he's working protection. for he's her like father's bad guy. family, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then the, the guy from the hotel did not look like the shady guy with the earring. Like, that guy was good looking. The guy in the hotel's not. So, I mean, 30 years is, can do a lot to you. But That's true. I don't know. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. If they had him wearing an earring, I'd be like, okay, that's the guy. But I don't know. I didn't notice oh, yeah. an earring. Okay, maybe it's not him. I was thinking it was him, but you're right. Maybe it's not. I don't know. It's all very confusing. Damn, Paula. And I was like, of all people to be like, I gotta figure out who Paula is. Yeah, to lock on to that one name that your mom said. That, and she's like, that, that's the lady that I must find. She's the key to everything. How would you... Why would that even... Can we cut back really quickly to the fact that, like, yes. Charlie, when he came over after she got hurt, he's like, yeah, I heard all about it. And she's like, oh, Gordon took me to physical therapy. He's like, you guys are back together. If he's the witness protection person, what does he give a shit if they're back together? Like, I thought they were dating. Maybe because if they're together, they have to protect Gordon, too, or something? I don't know. I thought it was a romantic relationship. I thought they were, yeah. But then I was like, oh, but he's hiding this secret family. So I don't think that's what it is because he had those pictures out in his house. So Laura would have seen them. Like, I think she's a tad bit smarter than Andy, and Andy figured it out, so... Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe he only comes to, like, to Georgia. He's like, let's not go to my house in Alabama. It's weird. We don't want to go there. It smells funny. Or something. I don't know. 
Ah, all right. What can the people tell us about? Would you let somebody use your kid's tablet at a trampoline park? <laughs> I can tell you, I would not. Absolutely not. I was Absolutely. stranded one time and I did not have my phone. And you know that no one would let me borrow their phone. or And I'd be like, you can just hold it. I'll just tell you the number. If you would call, I'm like, I'm not trying to steal your phone. Nobody would help me. Like, nobody. That's really shitty, actually. Like, if that happened, I would let someone use my phone. Or I would do, like you said, like, I would, you tell me what number to dial and I'll put it on speaker and you can talk to whoever this is. But, like, can I use your kid's tablet? I'm a grown-ass woman with clearly no children with me. But I gotta get my blippy fix, so hurry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be a hard no from me. Tell us, what would you have said to Andy if she wanted to use your kid's tablet? Was it no or fuck no? Anyway, let us know (laughs) in one of our many places that you could do so. Like where, Tiffany? You could go to Facebook and Instagram at That's So Original Podcast. Check out our awesome memes and give us a like. Give us a follow there. You can go to our website at thatsooriginalpodcast.com. You can send us an email at thatsooriginalpodcast at gmail.com or go to Twitter at thatsoopod. You can like us and review us on iTunes. You can go and follow us and love us on Stitcher and Spotify. You can send me a private letter. I don't want to give out my address, but you could send one if you could figure it out. I mean, Andy found fucking (laughs) Paula, so I mean, it's probably not that hard. And you can and tell me how much you love us. That would be fun. I won't yeah. call the cops or anything. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I can't remember. Yeah. I think that's everything. I think that is. Okay. Yeah. And just a little reminder, only use Google for good. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, we will be back with you next week talking about episode four of Pieces of Her, where I'm sure Andy will be doing some new dumb stuff. Yay! How many episodes bye. are there of this? A million. Oh, great. Okay, bye. Um, eight. Oh, frick. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. As they're having this conversation, a black truck drives right by the front. Okay. <laughs>